0: Welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're speaking with four representatives from chapters across the country, Shenandoah, Nashville, Northern Utah, Idaho Centennial, and we're talking about how you can go hybrid hopefully this year, and some techniques and tips, some pros and cons, budgets, and uh, a little bit of lessons learned from COVID in general as far as the virtual meetings and how things went and how we hope things will go this this chapter here. So let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So today's topic is how to go hybrid. So we're still in the throes of this COVID uh, thing, So, but we do have with us four folks from different chapters around the country who have experimented with virtual hybrid, uh, type formats and we wanted to get some ideas from them. So why don't we just start off? I'm going to go around the virtual room here and and have each person introduce themselves. So why don't we start with Gina? Hi, I'm Gina Smith Moss.
1: I am with the Shenandoah Valley chapter. I currently serve as the National Council of Chapters representative, along with a few other positions in the chapter. Um, I am the deputy chief for the FEMA Finance
0: Center. Great. And then how about Alex?
2: Uh, My name is Alex Warren. I am president of the Nashville chapter, and um, during the day, I am the controller for the Department of Transportation for the state of Tennessee.
0: All right. And how about Nick?
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Nick Hale. I'm currently NCC rep for the Northern Utah chapter. During the day, I'm chief accountant for West Valley City in Utah. We're the second largest city in the state of Utah that nobody's ever heard of. So there you go.
0: Very nice. And, uh, and then we have Ray Lynn.
4: Hi, everyone. I'm Ray Lynn North. Um, I work for the Idaho State Police from the Idaho Centennial chapter. I'm currently Past president and NCC rep, and then yeah.
0: Okay, well, thanks everybody for joining us today. And uh, what, what I was thinking about today is to kind of go around the room and have each person give us some thoughts on some of these questions here. Um, so, really, the first topic I wanted to, t- to discuss was you know, for each of your chapters. You know, what are your plans for this year for luncheons, events? If you do mini PDTs, um, I know a lot of things are in flux, you know, with deltas and different COVID variants popping up, but you know, we just want to get some thoughts from you all. Have you thought about is it going to be virtual? Are you going to try out hybrid events? Are you going to try out in person events? And if so, just give us some of your, you know, reasoning behind that. And I know if it's still in flux, that's fair enough, but. Just want to kind of open conversation. So I thought we'd start maybe with Gina, if you don't mind.
1: Thanks, Paul. Um, for Shenandoah Valley, we are currently planning virtual, at least through December. Um, we're going to have, we're hoping to have three virtual webinars during lunchtime for September, October, November. And then in December, we always do an annual PDT with, the South, uh, with Roanoke, and they just changed their name to Southwest Virginia, I believe. Um, Richmond and Virginia Peninsula. We went or we went um, virtual last year for the first time. And with the numbers and the variances of the COVID right now, we're planning on hybrid, or planning on virtual again this year in December. Um, our chapter is hoping to possibly get back into at least a few in person in 2022, depending on how things go with COVID. But probably stick to virtual like every other month for our webinars.
0: And are you guys thinking about hybrid events at all?
1: we thought about it, but we are not sure about the whole technical issues with it, with being able to set it up and be able to broadcast it virtually and having it in person too. So we got a lot of things to work through before we go that route.
0: Okay. Well, we might have some, some good stuff for you here in a minute when Nick tells us all about it, but, uh, but let's go first to Alex. What are you guys planning on doing down there in Tennessee?
2: so our plan is to try to do hybrid events and it's all kind of predicated though on on safety and the delta variant right and as things continue to change you know good organizations understand the environment and they adapt with it um we reached out to our membership base with a a survey and we saw that there was some definitely some interest in getting together and having in-person events so um what we've done is we've um, we've booked an event, um, for our, for our first luncheon and, um, kind of with the thought being that we'd have the in-person event and we'd live stream it. Um, we worked with the hotel to make sure that there was an internet connection. And, um, we also, uh, dedicated some money in our budget to set aside to buying a, like a camera and a microphone and the proper setup within all that. Um, and then I guess the, the last thing. Is this um, with with hybrid events? Um, you know the costs associated with those, and so we kind of came up with a with a um, a method to say if you come in person, it's going to be uh, we're going to charge thirteen dollars. If you do it virtually, it's going to be ten dollars. But we wanted to make a nice designation between the two because there are costs associated with coming in person, um, and we just want to make it very clear. And then the final thing is to try to communicate. Uh, to your chapter to your membership base because you know in, in times like this I think any time that there's variables communication is a, is a really good thing so that's that's kind of our focus for this year
0: okay awesome and um, how about Nick give us a little preview and let's not go too in depth yet because I want to get that to the next question but what are you guys planning
3: well we've been doing virtual basically since the pandemic started we had to do a pretty rapid pivot on a on a virtual PDT in May of 2020. Um, <clears throat> since then, numbers have gotten better, and we actually held a hybrid event in May of 2021. Um, we have plans to continue to do virtual lunches and have our second hybrid PDT planned for November. So we're we have some good plans rolling forward. And like Gina said, there's some technology concerns and and things that you'll need to. The plan and work on and we'll talk about that shortly.
0: All right and then how about Idaho?
3: So we're doing
4: a little bit of everything I guess um, for our luncheons. We are doing virtual, however we also do webinars with national which we're going to do as a hybrid event um, with in-person as well as uh, the 30 spots for, for the national webinars. And then our PDT we are planning on doing uh, in person. however, the last two years we actually pivoted in April of last year, so a pretty quick per- or two years ago when the pandemic first started ended so our last two PDTs have been virtual and it's it's a it's a heavy heavy lift to do that so um, we're hoping to do in person this next year.
0: Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into, um, some of those pros and cons a little later too. Um, and then I guess I'll chime in for Washington DC chapter. Uh, we're also going, we're exploring hybrid events, uh, based on some of the feedback from you guys actually. Um, uh, but also I know at least for the first lunch in September, we're going to have that virtually, but then, uh, in the evening, we're going to have kind of a in-person event dinner kind of deal, happy hour. Um, you know, again, unless everything changes in a month as far as restrictions, but because that's what we've done the last month or so, we had a couple in-person events. You know, uh, since the mandates were kind of different then, and but yeah, it's gonna ch- it's gonna keep changing, almost like week by week. It seems like so it's a little challenging, but we're we're trying to do both. Um, but with that, why don't we go back to Nick and the Utah chapter? Um, I'd love for you to kind of tell all of us how you all did your hybrid event and what you know, what a chapter needs to consider, uh, when doing that, just some of the, the costs or the things you maybe didn't think about. And now you realize, so please Nick, give us uh, give us the insight.
3: Well, just to give a little background and history on how we moved forward on this, um, we had actually had some experience with virtual events. We hosted two CGFM classes where we had a live component and a virtual component. We had purchased the, the camera and the microphone technology to do that, and we worked actually with, with Idaho Centennial, with, with Ray Lynn's group, and with the Seattle Chapters to do that. Um, there were a few things we had to work out there, um, and, and having a good internet connection was one of the big keys we had to have going on there. And so we felt like we were pretty prepared, having successfully hosted those two CGFM courses, to do a hybrid event. We had, uh, Alex mentioned needing to buy the camera and the microphone. We had that stuff already because of that. And so going into our May of 2021 PDT, we planned to have uh, all of our speakers be on site and any participants that were interested in and could distance and, and follow the, the guidelines that our facility provided could be in person. And then we also planned to just live stream and have, have the availability for people to watch it virtually. Um, that plan kind of changed a little bit when uh, a few of our speakers dropped out. Um, the replacement speakers we found wanted to present virtually, so we we had a college professor from down in southern Utah who had agreed to present to us. Uh, we got Ann Eberts, uh, National CEO, was willing to present to us. And they both needed to do that virtually rather than coming to our live location. So that was the, the piece that was the, the, um, the switch for us. Uh, we didn't have the ability to bring the person in on our Zoom call as and, and project it live for the people to see it, as well as send it out to all the, the virtual participants. Um, we spoke with the people at our event venue and asked if they had a technology provider who could help us do that kind of stuff. Um, we, we were hooked up with a great production company. They managed all of the Zoom stuff for us. They, they had all the switches and all the cables and all the cameras that we needed, and the, their price was very reasonable. We paid, paid them a little over $1,300. Um, we felt like that was well worth our costs um, because we still were charging people to attend our PDT. So the people who came live paid a little bit more. And those who came virtually, and that helped us pay for our event venue and for the food there. But the people who came virtually, attended virtually, the, the money we collected from them helped pay for this technology provider. And so that was really the, the switching point for us, was to be able to bring virtual speakers in and show it live on the screen at the event venue, as well as transmit that out to, to the virtual attendees. What else did you want to hear about there paul
0: well i think uh in our when we had talked before you had mentioned the difference between a hybrid event where the speaker's in person versus a hybrid event where the speaker is virtual like you know what what is the difference between those two and the difficulties with the technology
3: okay sure so in person uh and like i like with our with our cgfm courses when all of your speakers are in person you can just rely on the camera and microphone that you have on site. Uh, you can have somebody there who monitors the chat from the virtual attendees. Um, the the tricky part is when you're bringing in the the outside the virtual speakers, you you've got to find a way to have them be able to interact and and see the participants there as well while still projecting it live. And so. Uh, our, our technology provider, like I said, had some switches. And so he was able to bring in a, and have multiple inputs for our Zoom uh, camera, so to speak, and was able to show the, the virtual presenter live as well as to the virtual attendees, was able to share the, the PowerPoints that the, the folks had, and was just a master at, at hitting the right button to make sure the stuff the right stuff was on screen because they do that all the time.
0: Right, so it sounds like if a chapter wants to have a speaker live and some people there live, treat it like a webinar, you basically just need basic equipment, but it's not too difficult. But if it's going to be a mix of speakers live or virtual, you probably need a vendor or somebody that's really an expert, right? That was the, the conclusion we came to on that one. Um, just from our successes with the,
3: with the CGFM course, we were able to do that okay with just a camera and a good microphone. But once we actually got to the people coming in we needed the help so yeah it was worth the technology provider at that point
0: and just one more question on this um you, how did you budget for this you know with you said that the virtual versus the in-person a slightly different cost but um you know that was a pdt is this extending to all events i mean i don't know if you all do luncheons or other types of meetings but how, what have you thought about the pricing or budgeting the costs required to support these kind of events now?
1: Sure.
3: Um, our, just for a little bit more explanation on PDT level, we charged $120 for the people who attended live for eight CPEs. And we charged a hundred to the people who attended virtually because they're still getting value in the CPE and they're still getting the opportunity to participate. Uh, the a- little extra cost for the in-person people, was to help cover the event venue and the, and the food that we provide them. Um, we, we do traditionally hold lunches once a month uh, where we do a, a one hour CPE. We have always done those at a loss in our chapter because the PDTs cover the loss we have on the lunches. We feel like that's a little bit of a value that we can provide to our membership. And so right now our plan is to continue to do all of our lunches virtually. Our traditional venue is not currently available. Uh, it's still closed on pandemic restrictions. And so we, we have talked about the possibility of eventually moving back to some live, even if we have to pick a new venue. But for right now, because it was a loss, it's not worth the cost to, to do a technology provider to do any kind of hybrid event there, unless we were to do a live speaker and just transmit it like we did our CGFM classes. And so, um, we, we have plans for our November PDT and we will do that the same way. We will probably charge about 120 and 100. We haven't finalized those numbers yet for this round. And we do have plans to, to see what we, what we can do for speakers. Um, and, and if we have a virtual speaker, we will budget in to have the technology provider again.
0: Right. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there as a consideration for chapters, because obviously a PDT, you know, one or two day event definitely sounds like it'd be worth the money. Um, If it's just a luncheon, depending on how many people show up, you know, I don't know how much the vendor is going to charge. So just a consideration, maybe just stick to virtual or I don't know. But that's, you know, for everybody to decide.
3: Well, like you said, Paul, we have made the decision to stay virtual with our lunches for right now. We, We will explore going back to live or hybrid soon. But for right now, like you said, just because of the cost of the technology provider, if we need to go to a virtual presenter, we're going to stay virtual.
0: Right. Okay. So, and I want to talk, Alex, maybe give us a little bit, maybe you can add to that. Uh, you said you're considering hybrid and I think Ray Lynn said so as well. So let's, let's, let's talk to Alex. See, uh, what what do you think of that approach or what are you guys doing?
2: No, I, I really like what, what Nick said. Um, you know, I, I think we're shooting for the the hybrid luncheons here. And, you know, the thing about it is we don't know, we don't know how attendance will actually be or not. Um, I think when we look at the goal of our chapter, we, we want to provide um, flexibility to best serve our membership base. Right. And, um, so at least with our first luncheon, and we planned this back earlier in the summer here, but, uh, our first one is, is gonna, gonna be a hybrid event where we will have an in-person, um, speaker. And I think to, to Nick's point, that probably makes transmitting it over the internet much cleaner and simpler versus the, the virtual speaker. Um, some of the things that we talked about with the, the venue were, um, obviously the, the internet connection, um, and kind of, involved our IT savvy folks within that to make sure that everything was good to go with that. Um, some other things that we also considered were how food would be served to people and to try to at least um, do it in a manner where there's the least amount of people um, touching um, touching the food or, or how it was served. So um, we're going to have instead of just a buffet line where, where everyone is self-served, going to have a, uh, a person from the hotel um, actually plate the food for, for our members um, you know and and to that that point um, slightly different cost for attending in person versus virtually um, and our chapter two takes our monthly luncheons and, and runs them at a loss and, and we do it because it, it, it brings our chapter members together, it gives them opportunities to network um, you know, that said, uh, we're going to charge $13 for, um, our luncheons in person and 10 virtually. And I guess one of the things that even within that is that we wanted to make just sure that, um, we communicate that and that, you know, oftentimes we're, um, offering CPE at our, our luncheons. So $10 for an hour CPE is pretty good no matter what. So we just kind of factored in all those types of things, uh, within it. but. More than anything, um, if it's virtually or in person, we we just wanted to provide our membership base the flexibility because we just want them to participate, and that's that's one of the biggest things that, at least in our conversations.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, Raylan, is there anything in additional that that you wanna you wanna put in there, or you think they covered it?
4: Well, I think the only difference is is that we're kind of gonna tap into National's technology a little bit when it comes to the webinars. Um, because you have the virtual setting of the 30 seats, but then you have the in-person setting if people want to attend that way as well um, with the sign-in sheets. And so it's a little bit of a different perspective than the normal luncheons um, with, with the webinars that I think will, those are our most well-attended um, luncheons. And so I think it'll give our membership Uh, additional CPEs that they can track down and not be limited to that 30 person seat on the webinar.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thanks for adding that. Um, Well, I'm going to combine our last two questions here and give you all a good amount of time to respond. Um, So I think the last topics here for the day, Uh, just like to hear your opinion again, from what you've seen as far as, Obviously, some of the drawbacks, negative sides of having to do everything virtually or hybrid, and but also second part of that question: What have you seen as an actual positive for your chapter with the virtual uh, events? And you know, h- what do you think you'll in- keep as far as the future new normal? Assuming we're all you know back to work at some point in person. So maybe uh, I think Gina, you're the lucky first one on that one.
1: Okay, thanks, Paul. Um, well, start out with the not-so-positive, like the negatives. The only thing we really find is the negative or you don't have that in-person networking anymore. And we're also finding it more difficult to get sponsors because, of course, they like that interaction with the people and get to knowing you and, you know, seeing if they can support your agency, your organization, et cetera. So that's, that's been our biggest drawback, just the in-person networking. Um, as far as positives for us as a small chapter, we've actually had better attendance when virtual. Um, we we had a difficult time. We used to have our meetings in the evening and even to get our own chapter members to come. It was like a struggle. They couldn't take that hour to come to a meeting. So we found that we've been offering our our webinars nationwide. So we, we opened them up to all the chapters. So we've had attendance from people from California, Idaho, Tennessee, Kentucky, wherever. So we found that we've definitely had a better participation rate with all of that. Um, As far as the future, we're hoping to get back to some in-person. We are thinking for our chapter probably since we've had such a good response with the virtual events. We will probably do like every other month, a virtual event, and then every other month an in-person event.
0: And let me ask you, so did you see a steady you know, you said when the virtual events, you saw higher attendance, did you see that steady from the beginning to now, or did it go up or down? I'm just thinking, cause I know DC, we saw it really high the beginning, then it kind of leveled out a little bit lower. I don't know. What have you guys seen as far as that?
1: I think it fluctuates. I'll be honest, depending on your subject, but I do think we are getting into the people or what we call zoom overload because you're in meetings all day on zoom. So I think it's, it, it's up and down, but for like our either one day PDT and like last year for our December event, we had really good participation. So for the monthly meeting, it fluctuates a little bit. So that's why we thought maybe we'll try going back in person hopefully next year.
0: Okay. Well, so, uh, Alex, uh, how, how about you? What, what have you guys seen from that, uh, positive and or negative side?
2: Yeah. From, from the negative side, it was, um, You know, when you have the virtual events, you just, you you lose the human interaction. And just kind of like what Gina was saying, uh, we experienced that um, totally. Um, And also kind of like what Gina said, uh, our attendance um, was up this last year. Um, We had, and it was up in luncheons, and we have a a winter seminar that historically, um, just due to the size of the room, could only um, hold about two hundred. 200 people. Well, this last year we had uh, 220 or 230 um, people attend. So that was, that was, that was certainly a positive out of it. Um, I think, I think moving forward though, and some of this, um, certainly pertains to COVID, but even we noticed this before as, as people have continued, um, to work from home, um, at least in the new normal, we, we certainly want to offer the in-person events and 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 do it in a hybrid manner, but we're actually maybe trying to give some consideration to doing um, more social events, maybe something on the weekend or, or happy hour or something like that. Where um, if it's a if it's just a set thing a few times a year, maybe that can be another way to bring people together. So we're we're thinking about those types of things.
0: Yeah, that's yeah exactly. That's what like I said. The DC chapter is trying that out as well. You know, maybe the core meetings or luncheons and Webinars are still virtual, but we complement that with some in-person events. Uh, Again, you know, here and there for whoever is comfortable that can come out. uh, That has worked pretty decently for us. Um, And actually, let me ask, uh, Alex, did you have folks from other chapters attend your events as well, like Gina?
2: Um, Well, the participation that Gina has mentioned was certainly outstanding. Um, We have had... um, we'll typically have um, guests attend or we might have some non-members attend from time to time, but um, we certainly didn't have that type of attendance. And, and But I think that's outstanding, and it certainly gave me an idea.
0: Yeah, and actually, Gina, can I go back? I want to ask you, so how did you get those folks? Uh, how did you advertise it, or how were people aware of your events from other uh, parts of the country?
1: Well, we advertise it on AGA National Calendar, and then I've actually just sent out our flyer for the event to all the chapter NCC representatives and presidents and just send them an email and they share it with their chapters.
0: Ah, I like that. Okay. Well, you guys on the phone, listen to that, try that out this year. (laughs) I think we'll do that too. I like that. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely a huge positive that I've seen from this. You can basically attend anything as long as, you know, it's virtual and maybe there's something in Guam we can attend that PDT (laughs) who knows. Um, so how about Nick? What, uh, same question for you. You know, anything you want to add as far as, you know, some drawbacks, but some good things going forward, perhaps?
3: I would probably just echo some of the negatives that we, we obviously missed the in-person interactions, but that's, that's a, pen, a pandemic symptom, uh, you know, worldwide. It's hard to, for, for those who are maybe not introverts in the accounting and finance world, it's it's hard for those of us who aren't to be able to or to not be able to uh, visit with people and see people and to socially interact. One thing that um, we have found, I'm Gina and I actually both serve on the NGB also, where the we're area directors, and we have and and with the NCC also we have tried out virtual happy hours and that's been kind of a fun, maybe partial step there to to fill that gap. Um, I would also say that. Uh, it, we we missed the the opportunity to see each other and and have some some speakers in in play there. Um, some positives that have come out of this. Um, our chapter has been focused mostly on northern Utah because that's where Salt Lake City is and that's where the biggest chunk of our our membership is. We have actually reached out recently and have have two new members who are in southern Utah. Um, probably about a three-and-a-half or four-hour drive for those folks if they were to try to come up to a live event with us. And so they now, because we're doing virtual events, are able to attend with us and get some of the benefits of, of AGA and, and the membership and, and conferences and webinars that we provide. So we we wouldn't maybe have been able to do that without the virtual component. Um, we also have benefited from using virtual speakers uh, I have a friend who is now a professor at Texas Tech University. Uh, he, we're looking at having him come and speak to us. We had Ann Ebert speak to us virtually from from Washington, from Alexandria, where, where the headquarters is. And not to try to steal maybe something Ray Lynn would say, but one of the members of our chapter actually spoke to the Idaho Centennial chapter uh, for one of their virtual lunches. So it's cool to be able to share those resources. And to tap into speakers and, and people that you maybe wouldn't have been able to geographically because they're not close enough to come to a live event. You can now tap into that virtually. I think going forward, virtual is going to continue to be something we have to do. Um, like, like been mentioned, we, we have people who continue to work from home. And I think that work from home is probably going to be at least a piece of the pie forever at this point. Because people, some people really like it and we've made it work for now. And so they, I think they'll continue to make it work. So I think we need to start planning on how to do some hybrid events because there will be people who may not geographically be able to get to your event or else who work from home and aren't comfortable coming.
0: Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, yeah. And me, actually, I just, I'll just pipe in here on a personal level for me, you know, I was, Happy to be a speaker for Gina's PDT, so she definitely uh, reached out and you know brought me into that, and that's a great thing. You can get speakers from around the country, and I'd like to do that for some other chapters, PDTs, and you know other folks in DC or wherever. So I I love that. Um, Also, this podcast—I mean, I've done so many podcasts now with state and local folks that I just didn't do as much before because honestly, you know, I'm sitting in DC, and there's so many federal agencies and you know, folks, uh, executives working here that they kind of fill up my calendar, but now I'm very happy that I've been able to include all of you all that out there, which is really the bulk of our members out here around the country. So I've been very, I'm going to continue that for sure. And I keep learning a lot about what you all do. So I love that. Um, and one, and one more thing I wanted to mention, cause Gina had said, you know, there's been some difficulty with sponsors and I agree that is tricky. Um, something that we did at DC, you might want to consider, I don't know if you've already done it, but we actually cut the sponsorship fees in half um and we did it two years in a row so we did it last year and we're doing it again this year because yeah you're not getting as much of that in-person networking stuff that you know the sponsors like um so we actually cut it in half and in fact that was that that allowed a lot of the sponsors to kind of level up to the next level you know and get more benefits so we actually i think we increased the number of sponsors the last couple years so ironically enough um You know, and we have a good reserve of funds that we could do that. Um, But yeah, even with the increased, you know, sponsors, we were pretty close to the normal year's uh, revenue from that. So you guys might want to think about that. Um, All right. So I think Ray Lynn, you have the pleasure of having the last word. So I will let you tell us, uh, tell us some of your uh, observations there.
4: Well, thank you, Paul. I, I know that a lot of people, I would echo what they say with uh, the loss of networking, and just seeing everybody. But I would also, as a negative, the we had one person and when I was president, it was delegated to me to really set up all the virtual meetings, to set up all of that, the PDT. And that is, I think people underestimate that time um, because unless you're paying a vendor for it, it is to your volunteers and it's a lot of work. Um, I mean, just to set up for a luncheon, it's going to set up the meetings and, you know, getting the link set out to my person that sends it out to all of our membership, making sure to log in to get the speakers all tested, to make sure that everything goes without a hitch behind the scenes. And it just takes a lot more than just inviting somebody um, to come speak and they're there in person. I mean, the worst that can happen is someone doesn't show up and you have to fill in. So where with technology, there's a lot more that can happen and go wrong. So that is a big thing with virtual that I think um, I didn't expect in the beginning and was never something that I, I learned with hands-on. So um, positives, though, is that membership did go up. That's a huge thing. Um, we were able to get speakers from out of state. We um, All of the invites that Gina sent to all the presidents, every single invite got put to our membership. So we were definitely offering a lot more um, trainings to everybody, just because we were getting a lot more invites from a lot of different uh, chapters, which was really nice um, because it gave a lot of different topics than the normal 12 that we we do as a chapter. So um, in the new normal, it's definitely for Idaho Centennial Chapter. Our capital is Boise, which is right in the middle of our state. Um, but we have the east side, which is really growing um, with Pocatello. And then we have north Idaho um, in Coeur d'Alene. We have members there, but they don't ever attend unless it's for the PDT and they're traveling. So I think the virtual hybrid method will definitely be able to open up for those members to get CPEs. And uh, hopefully we can look at some networking events even a, a virtual happy hour to bring some networking in with them so
0: okay well this has been great i really appreciate appreciate everybody joining us today gina alex nick ray lynn appreciate you giving us your time and and the feedback and uh i hope you guys do have a great chapter year and i'd love to check in later and see how it went so once again thank you all for joining in
1: thank you thank you thank you paul
0: Thanks. And thank you for joining us today on the show. Hope you got some inspiration and ideas on how to take your chapter hybrid and keep those meetings going, get that CPE flowing, and just keep doing what we're doing here. want to keep AGA moving forward. So with that, until the next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.